welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. I want to get into this message this morning, and really it's just a continuation of last week. And uh, let me ask, how many of y'all were with us last week? Didn't that preacher get rowdy? I don't know what happened. Someone told me, though, that was just warm-ups for what's to come next. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But last week, we started, the intention wasn't to start a series, but I knew when the Lord spoke to my heart about the passage in Deuteronomy, which if you're with us for the first time this morning, again, we welcome everybody that, that is with us for the first time and everybody that's even here today and those that are watching online. But last week we started a series titled Crossing Over. The original intent wasn't a series, but there was so much in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11 that I felt like we needed to take several weeks to expand on the text so that we can get into the context of, of, of what the writer had written in there so that we, we, we can extract what we, what, what, what we need in order for us ultimately to be greater. I, and you're going to hear the word greater a lot today. Because make no mistake about it, I don't care where you are in your walk of life, God wants you to be greater. God wants you to be greater. And so we, we jumped into Deuteronomy chapter 11 and, and, and we read... Uh, verses 8 through 17 last week, and, and I want to get back into this passage, and, and I want to look at a few more lines of text, but the, 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 the baseline of last week was simply this. God, in, in you being greater, God wants you to know that your life is meant to be blessed. Every area of your life, he wants it to be blessed. Physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, emotionally, Every area of your life, he wants you to be blessed. The word blessed or blessing simply means that you are empowered for success. That's what the word blessing means. So anytime you read in the Bible that somebody was blessed, it's that they've been empowered for success. Genesis chapter 1, we find out from the very beginning after God created Man and woman that he blessed them. From the very get-go, the number one aim from the Lord for all of creation, for man, for woman, for us, is that you're empowered to be a success, not a failure. I just want that to, to hit somebody today. You're not designed to fail. You're not designed to lose. You're designed to win. You're designed to be victorious. You're designed to be a conqueror. You're designed to have good success. You're designed to walk in blessing in every area. Somebody say every area. And so last week as we jumped into this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 11, what is happening here is that the Lord was speaking to Moses and giving him specific instructions that if you want to walk in the blessing, it simply comes down to you being obedient. Now I know, wow, mind blown. Isn't that such a wild idea? God is very simple. He is, does not try to complicate his word for his people. He wants you to be obedient so that you can walk in blessing. If you're disobedient, you get no blessing. If you're obedient, you get blessing. It's pretty simple, right? 
Because the Bible is pretty simple. Believe in Jesus and you're saved. Don't believe in Jesus, no salvation. God does not make his word complicated. I'm sorry. I think sometimes when people say, I just need, a, I just need something deeper from the Lord. It's as simple as that. The whole purpose of the Bible is so that we would know Jesus and that we would walk with Jesus all the days of our life. And in Jesus is every good and great thing. The Bible says that in the book of James. Every good and perfect gift, it comes down from the Father. So the Bible, the gospel, its whole purpose is for your life to be blessed. We got that? Pretty simple, right? And so last week we talked about the fact that the Lord tells Moses, if you walk in blessing... Or if you want to walk in blessing, you simply need to be obedient. But now we find out here in the next portion of scripture, which I want to read to you this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 11, for those that are following along with, 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 with your Bible this morning and taking notes, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18 through 25, is, is what I want to look at this morning. And starting in verse 18, it says this, this is a continuation of last week, he says, therefore... You shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Verse 19, you shall teach them to your children. I just want to say that one more time. You shall teach them, you shall teach them to your children. Uh, you, you, you shall teach them to your children. It's your responsibility, mothers and fathers. It's not the children's pastor's responsibility. It's your responsibility, first and foremost. You are the ministers of your own households. Teach your children. Speaking to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Verse 20, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of the heavens above the earth. I want to stop it right there, actually, this morning. Therefore, going back to verse 18, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and your soul, bind them as a sign to your hand, and they shall be as frontlets on your eyes, teaching your children when you sit, when you walk, when you lie, when you rise. Write them on the doorposts and the gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land. As we've been in the series that I've titled Crossing Over, the idea behind it is, is, is crossing over into the life that God has designed for you to live in, the life of blessing. Crossing over that the Lord does not want you to live in a life of lack and a life of defeat and a life of brokenness, but Lord, the Lord wants you to cross over into every good and great thing that he has for you. He wants your life to be blessed as we've talked about. He wants your marriage to be whole. He wants your children to serve and love him and walk in blessing as well. God wants every area of your life, but it requires us to be all in for the sake of the gospel, to be obedient to God's word if we want to see the blessing be carried out. But now what we read here is in order to do so, 
there's a few things that's required. And the first thing that we find out is simply this, is that, is that Moses says that you need to tie the word of God to your hands. And it also says, and tie, tie it to the frontlets. In other words, it needs to be on the forefront of your mind. Now, in the Orthodox Jewish circles, uh, over, over the, 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 the years since this scripture has been spoken, a lot of times what they would do is they would actually take the commandments, the scripture, and they would wrap it around their arms and they would tie it around their hands. It would actually bind the word of God to their body. That everywhere that, it would, that they would go, it would be a sign. Because the Bible says, tie, tie this word to you that it will be a sign. I'm going to say it again. You need to have the word of God tied to your life that it is a sign. In other words, everywhere that you go, the word of God should be a sign to others of the God that you serve. And dare I say... That in today's society, we have made it as if the word of God is blasphemy. We make it as if to be a Christian is sacrilegious. According to today's world, the world standards today, I, got, I was on a plane flight just the other day. And when we were on our way to our destination, the, 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 the flight attendant happened to look down and I had my Bible and I, and I was reading through some scriptures. And on, and on the way there, my, the flight attendant looked at me and said, that's a good book. I said, man, that absolutely is. Praise God. It was super cool. On the way back from the flight, I pulled out my Bible, and this lady to the right of me looked me up and down like I just did something absolutely wrong. I'm telling you, we're living in an hour right now. We're living in a day right now. We're living in an age right now. That the world is bending truth left and right. But the people of God need to know that the promises, the power, the authority, it comes in the word of God. The infallible truth. And that's the problem that we run into today, is that everybody wants to bend the truth. We prefer feelings over the true facts of the Lord. It's all about how I feel, and so what happens is, we're moving away from moral truth, absolute truth, to this type of seeker-friendly truth that's based upon my feelings. We want a relevant truth. And so what's happening is the Bible, the Word of God, the living Word of God is being rewritten to fit man's feelings. I'm sorry, we're not here to shape the Word of God. The Word of God is here to shape you. And so you got to be careful because there are churches around the world today that are not willing to be bold for the sake of the gospel, that are not standing firm in God's word. And then what they're doing is they're distorting the truth. I'll tell you what, my Bible says this in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God into salvation. I don't need to dumb down God's word. God's word is perfect in every fashion, in every form. The Bible says this in the book of Psalms 105, that it is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'm going to hide this word in my heart. I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. And I want to encourage you this morning that you got to stand up for the word of God. you got to hold it tightly. It is a sign. It is a witness to the lost and dying world. And that's why he says you need to tie it tightly. You need to be so wrapped up in your word. So wrapped up in your word. Don't allow anything to get between you and what the, word of the, what the word of God and the word of the Lord is for your life. 
He says, let it be on the frontlets of your mind. In other words, as it says in the book of Joshua, meditate on his word day and night. Day and night you need to meditate on his word. Because you need to let the truth of God's word become your truth. Can I tell you that 64% of Americans today, 64%, believe in a relevant truth. In other words, a bendable truth, a flexible truth. A truth that based upon how I want to, to be interpreted is what it's going to be for me. And so, what do we have today? Confusion everywhere. What do we have today? In the state of California, they're putting litter boxes in, in, in boys' and girls' bathrooms at school because if I identify as a cat, that is my truth. I'm not kidding. There's nonsense that's happening everywhere. It's what I choose to believe. It's what I choose to believe. It's how I want to be affirmed. My children only get one affirmation, right and wrong. Good. I'm glad that it's quiet in here. You're hearing me. You get one affirmation, what is right and what is wrong. Because they're going to know the truth. They're going to know the word of God. They're not going to depart from it because that's where it says in the Bible, train up your children in the way that they should go, that when they grow older, they don't depart from it. And so we have over half of America that wants bendable truth, a truth that fits their form, their fashion, their feeling. Could you imagine Jesus in the garden as he is praying before the Lord, before he gets ready to be arrested and go to the cross to be beaten and crucified? As he was in that moment in his feelings, if he said, Lord, I know this has been a good three and a half year run. It's so hard. I know I'm about to do this, but I don't feel like doing it today. Can you have another way out for future generations, I quit. Do you imagine if Jesus did that? None of us would be here today. Because the Bible says that the Lord exalts his word even above his own name. And so Jesus says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Your will. Your will. I want, I want to be in the will of God, which means I need to be in the word of God. In the word of God. Check this out. 32% 32% of Christians believe, only believe in moral truth, absolute truth in the word of God. Only 32%. My question is, what in the world are Christians believing today? And we wonder why the voice of the church is not stronger. And we wonder why the word of the Lord's not being carried out. Because what we're doing is we're reducing our experience or reducing the word of God, excuse me, down to our level of experience. We take the word of God and we put it as how we see it and how we feel it rather than looking at it and saying, this is the word of God and it does not change. Because the Lord, he does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he's healer, he's healer yesterday, today, and forever. If he's provider, he's provider yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not going to reduce the word of God down to my experience or inexperience and therefore allow the word of God to be molded and shaped to how I feel. Meditate on his word. Allow it to be the absolute truth of your life. But now catch this because Moses receives this word from God and God says, tie it tightly, wrap yourself up in this word tightly so that it doesn't depart from you. Allow it to be on the forefront of your mind. But now here's where it gets really good. You shall teach the word. Teach them to your children. Teach them to your children. Speaking of them, when you sit, when you walk, when you lie, when you rise. In other words, parents, 
every wake and turn, you are teaching the Word of God. And teaching, by the way, is not always in what you say, it's also in what you do. Most of what our children learn in the households is not by you telling them what they should do. They're watching you and assessing, is mom or dad living up to what they just said? Teach your children. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And I love it because this is the first commandment that comes with a blessing that you will live long life. So I'm here to help some people out this morning. You want to live a long and blessed life? Be obedient. Be obedient. Walk in obedience. But now here's the part, though, that I want to focus on for a second because it goes on and it says, But fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Fathers, do not provoke your... And I, I thought about that. I said, well, I, the word wrath is simply anger in action. I get angry. And so when I move from the place of anger to take action on my anger, I'm in a place of wrath. It means I'm going to do whatever it is to justify my anger and how I feel. And I thought to myself, I mean, I understand, you know, maybe there's some broken households and fathers aren't, aren't necessarily, you know, stepping up and playing their role. And, and, and so they, you know... I, I know abuse of households and, and situations of different people and, and, and we've worked with a lot of families and have helped a lot of families in that regards. But I thought like, how many fathers are just trying to provoke their children to wrath? And as I broke the text down, what provokes most children to anger is a father that's not there. Most children are upset and angry when the father is not in the picture. So they're left to their own devices to figure out how they're going to be raised up. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. In other words, there's something about being present. I call it the power of present. I'm here to speak to some fathers this morning. You say, Father's Day is not until June. Don't worry, we can sing Good, Good Father and we can throw you a donut. But today, I'm telling you about something that's important for your life and for your children. Because if you want to have blessing and you want to see your children be blessed, you need to get this right here. It's not what you put on the table. It's what you're providing around the table. Oh, you don't understand. I've sacrificed so much for my career. No, there's a difference between career and calling. You're called first to be a high priest of your household. You're called first to be a father to your children. You're called first to minister to the broken places of your household before your career. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, to live is Christ. Christ is your calling. Not your career. I don't pick up Jesus some days and then live my life how I want to the rest of the time. To live is Christ. To live is Christ. To live is Father. To live is Christ, which means you have a responsibility to your households, to your children. Yeah, but you don't understand. Times are hard and i got to work all these extra jobs. At the end of the day, those jobs mean nothing if your kids don't know you. What, is, what does it matter if they don't love you because you weren't there? That's why our generation is being provoked the way that they are. The reason why the worldly system and the system in our nation today is so broken is because there's not fathers that are there fathering the children. 
So they're fine parental guidance from the world. And that's why now you can go into another state absolutely with no permission from your parents at all and I can have a life-changing, altering surgery with my body. Yeah, bills are being passed for that. Why? Because fathers aren't present to say, this is right and this is wrong. Now, I'm not trying to get on a political agenda, but I'm telling you, there's something about the people of God when we rise up and we use our voice and we're present for our children and our children's children. I'm not here to empathize. I am here to get into God's word and say enough's enough because Satan wants your children. Satan wants your marriages. Satan wants your life. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to have one inch of my life, of my marriage, of my household. I'm not going to let the devil get my children. Me and my house, we're serving the Lord. But it starts when the people of God stand up and say, yes, I'm not going to allow the nonsense. It's the fatherless that go into the schools and do the shootings in the schools. And how dare we? We wait, we wait to put praying for whatever city, whatever state, whatever nation after the fact. What if the people of God could pray before the fact? And what if fathers could actually take the rightful place in the house before the fact? Maybe we could put a stop to some of the nonsense. I'm trying to stir your faith up this morning. I'm done with the casual games of let's just go to church and mark the to-do list off for the week. No, I'm here to seek the presence of God. I'm here to worship the Lord with all of my heart. I'm here to get fired up in my faith so that I can reach my world with life. So my children can be blessed. So my families can be blessed. So my community can be blessed. Teach your children. Teach them. Which means you've got to spend time with them. You got to be involved. Tell you what, my daughter is probably more blessed than some people in here because she comes up to me and says, Daddy, I'm going to give this in the offering today. She shows me what she's going to tithe with. I look at a little piggy bank and be like, you're at about 8%. We should get that up to 10% really quick. Go back. <laughs> We're teaching her. And then she does the polar opposite and she comes with everything that she has. You know why? Because she's understanding and learning the principle to trust the Lord in her giving and that God blesses. And can I tell you, there's so many times and places that she goes that people are giving her little $1 bills, $1 bills, $20 bills. Hey. Because she understands the principle of giving. Where are children going to understand the principle of giving, the principle of praying, the principle of worship? They're going to see it in the household. You don't understand, Pastor. It's so hard, man. I'm a single parent. God was a single parent. <laughs> At one point, he had a million children to follow or to father who were all rebelling against him, and all he wanted to do was open up the ground for it to swallow up all the kids. Dads, I get you. It's hard sometimes. When my wife is gone for an extended period of time or if she's out of town, man, is it difficult. Same thing with moms. I understand it. It's hard. My sister's a single mother. I know, so I'm not going to stand up here and act like I don't. I know firsthand what it is to see as a single parent in the trials and the hardships. I understand that. But that's why it's so important 
that you are having a godly standard in your household and you're bringing your kids to church so our Heavenly Father can minister through the other fathers of this church or the other mothers through the church. It's so important as this house continues to grow that we are fathering and mothering our children that they will be a godly generation and that they will live their life for the things of God. You've got to teach them. Which means you have to be present. I just want to give you this last thought this morning. He says, lay these words up. In other words, bind them. Have the word of God tied to you. Teach them to your children. You've got to teach the word to our kids. And then the last thing that he says here, he says this in verse 20. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house. And on your gates, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your In other words, the word of God needs to be secured in every place that you dwell. Wherever you abide, wherever you reside, wherever you go, you need to have the word of God full coverage. You need to tie the word of the Lord to you as a sign. You need to teach it to your children. And I just put this down and you need to type it out. Type the word of the Lord out. Type the word of God out and allow it to be posted everywhere that you go. It says in the, in the Bible here, it says on the gates and on the doorposts. Y'all remember back, I think it was in um, 2018, 2018, when the hurricane blew through the Bahamas. And it, it destroyed so much. My, my heart just breaks for the amount of loss. And, and anytime these, these storms and these things that they happen, my heart just grieves for it. But in the middle of all of that season, someone posted this picture. And it was this house that was three stories. And the person had, took a picture from the inside of the house. And the water that flooded in from the hurricane... You saw it on the outside of the window, flooded all the way up to the height of the first floor. So there was so much water that came in on this three-story house that the whole first floor was flooded. Not on the inside, on the outside. And I love it, whoever posted the photo simply said that this company that installed the windows needs no further endorsement. <laughs> Thought it was phenomenal. But the idea was this, is that those windows were sealed so nothing could get in. The word of God seals the gap so that the enemy cannot creep in. And if we talk about that we're a church that's about building upon generation to generation, that ceilings become floors, then it starts on the ground level sealing the gaps. And today I'm just encouraging with a word about the word of God. That as the church, as the people of God, we got to stand firm in our faith. You cannot allow the world to intimidate and the world to cause you to coward and for you to retreat and to step back. Right now, we need to stand firm on the word of God. We got to teach this to our children because the reality is, is that our children are learning every single day. But the question is, what are they learning every single day? We got a war on our hands. 
See, this is why earlier we were talking about uh, in a couple months in the summer, we're doing the youth camp. This is not so that we can, you know, run around and play football and jump on water slides. And don't worry, like, like we're going to do all that cool stuff. So if you're a teenager in the room, it's amazing. But the purpose of the camp is so that our teenagers, our next generation can encounter the Lord, first and foremost. The amount of testimonies that came out from last summer, is not right, Pastor Gary? Of how many, how many students were ministered to. It was unreal of what the Lord did in the camp. Why? Because we believe in a generation that will love the Lord, that will serve the Lord, and that will know the Lord all the days of their life, that they will not depart from it. We have a responsibility to say, yeah, but I'm not a parent in this room. But you're a leader, you're an influencer. You have the ability to influence someone's life. You have the ability to mentor somebody, to disciple somebody, to reach somebody with the word of God that can change the course of their life forever. Teach the word. Allow the word of God to be sealed in every area of your life. I'm telling you, church, I've made up my mind. My mind's been made up. I'm done allowing the enemy to think that he can get away with what he's been getting away with. I will fight tooth and nail for my family, for my church, for you, for our generations. I will fight with everything that is within me so that the world will know that there's a God in heaven that loves us and wants to bless us. Your blessing matters. Your families matter. Your life matters. You matter this morning. And I charge you today, let the word of the Lord, let the word of God become the sealer that when the enemy thinks he's coming in like a flood, isn't that funny? Comes in like a flood and what does the Lord do? He raises up a standard. He raises up a standard. Just when you feel like life has beaten me up and it's gotten the best of me, I can't, I can't continue, I can't keep going, I don't know what else I'm going to do. When you trust the word of God, he gives you a better way. He gives you a greater way. He gives you a way because he is the way. The Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life. I charge you today. Let the word of God not just be something that you casually flip through and that I pull out when I'm here on Sunday. Let this be your life guide for every area of your life. Let this be the number one household appliance that you put to work for your life, for your family, for your children, so that they will know that God loves them and wants to bless them too. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.